Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today I have brought back the media experts on all things Facebook, Instagram, and paid media strategies, the expert team here at Digital Dawn to talk about living with paid media post-iOS. Welcome, Daniel and Alam, to the show. Woo! Thanks, Don. Happy to be back here. <laughs> hey, everyone. Great to, great to be back. So I thought it was appropriate that we get back on and have a conversation about what we're really seeing now with paid media strategies, specifically Facebook and Instagram in this post iOS space. And what you know, a lot of people are saying is that Facebook ads, Instagram ads are dead, right? Don't even bother anymore. Don't even, it's, it's too hard to track. It's too expensive. It's not even worth it. Go to different platforms. So let's just kind of start with what generally are your individual takes on what we're, you know, what's happening or what we're seeing post iOS. And then we'll get into some more of the details of, specific things that we're seeing that can help maybe with some of these challenges. But Daniel, why don't you go first? What are what are some things that, you know, you've really seen happen? Did all of the things that we predicted early in the year actually happen? And and what are some things that you're seeing good and bad? Because there's some good stuff happening too. Yeah, I think that's the thing to focus on is that there are a lot of good things happening. But, you know, just to kind of verify what you just said about how how a lot of people are saying, well, is it worth it? And that sort of thing. Like there are so many clients that we talk to that are like, I hear I need to be on TikTok. I need to be running ads on TikTok. And like, I don't want to derail and start saying yes or no, whatever. But I think the question like still comes back to if you're talking about acquiring customers for your brand, like where can you find a better cost per acquisition than you can most of the time on Facebook and Instagram. Now, like we can go down this huge rabbit hole of like the data that you're seeing in Facebook isn't accurate. So trying to figure out CPA is a lot more difficult than it used to be. But like, that's the, the question. Like it's easy for us to all go down these like rabbit holes and shiny object syndromes and stuff. There's obviously a ton of opportunity with these other platforms like TikTok that are blowing up right now. But like, you still have to ask yourself at the end of the day, I'm trying to acquire customers as cheaply as possible. And I'm trying to make more money off those people than I did initially when I acquired them. So right. there have been a lot of challenges, but like there are still so many, so much opportunity on Facebook and Instagram. Um, but you just have to, it's not as easy as it used to be, but you just have to put the work in and 
you know, do right. all the right things and like, it's still there for you. I think that's a really good point. And Alan, before we get to yours is that, you know, if you are on an online brand and you are trying to acquire customers, so you're trying to get more traffic, you're trying to, you know, get any sort of sales, you've got to go to where the people are. And yes, there are other platforms and there are definitely other opportunities out there, but Facebook still and Instagram, and I just kind of lumped those two together when we talk about Facebook, we're kind of including Instagram and in that, but Facebook and Instagram themselves are still the biggest platform in the entire world. They are still where the most people are hanging out. It's still the longest living social platform out there as far as ways to acquire customers. So it's not dead. It's just different <laughs> because yeah. if you build it, they will not come. I, I have said <laughs> this multiple times. You, you can build a website all you want, but if you don't have a traffic source or you don't have a way to actually get people to your website, it's really not going to happen. So Alam, yeah. in your experience, what are you seeing or what are some things that you've experienced since, you know, we, we talked about this early in the year. We, we knew that the gloom and doom was coming, but it's not as bad as we thought, maybe. Yeah. Um, just to kind of jump on a previous point, people are saying, is it dead? I, I like those people because that means there's less competitors for us, right? We're we right. getting ads for people for our clients. So, you know, you know, go ahead. Facebook is dead. Jump off the platform. That's fine. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of everything else, yeah, there's been challenges, but Facebook changing isn't a new thing. It's always changed every couple of years anyway. This could be the most significant one, sure. Uh, but it's a platform that's still performing. Um, you just have to make a few changes. There's a bunch of new aspects that you have to implement, like CAPI and domain verification. I'm sure we can jump into that later, um, just to make sure that things are kind of optimized a bit well. But even with that, is your attribution and, and tracking accurate? Most likely no, but there's ways around it. And I'm, I'd love to jump into that in, in this conversation as well. Yeah, so I think the biggest, you know, takeaway when we first started having this conversation was, you know, are we going to see significant changes in performance in the way that we were going to be able to acquire customers? And was that going to be impacted through cost and through tracking? So those were some of the things that we'd initially brought up. And for those of you who haven't listened, you can you can go back and listen to the podcast that we did earlier in the year about, you know, some of the iOS changes that were coming and what we predicted to potentially be happening. But when we talked about that initially, we, we were sort of thinking to ourselves, you know, are we going to be able to still acquire customers at the same price? You know, are we still going to be able to track those customers? And what changes or things are we going to see that are going to be significant enough for us to have to really maybe morph our, our best practices in, in media buying? But hmm. What we talked about initially was, you know, it's still the platform. So tell me a little bit about some of those things specifically. Are we, we know that tracking is, is an issue and we'll talk about that in, in, in a minute, but from a cost perspective and the cost to acquire customers, have there really been significant changes and how have you seen those changes impact performance? Yeah. So, um, there have been changes like now the, all I can say is my own anecdotal, you know, data and also what Facebook generally says. So as of before, I, the year before iOS 14.5 came out, the average CPA across every 
e-com ad on Facebook, the average CPA was $45. So and that's cost to acquire. Cost to acquire new customers. Well, customer. on Facebook, it's just cost to acquire any customer. The cost right. per any purchase was the average of every ad out there was $45. Right. Last, the last report I saw, which was a couple months ago, we all talked about it. I think it was about two months ago. That cost was now like $65. So if you'd look at the percentage increase over every ad, like there's no doubt about it that the performance of the whole platform took a hit. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the sentiment of like, is Facebook or Instagram dead? Absolutely not. But if you are still doing things the way that you were doing them three or four years ago, like if you're, there's a restaurant here in town that I go eat at all the time and uh, they have a billboard outside and I drove past it the other day and on their billboard, it had, open on whatever Sundays, like I can't remember what it said, open on Sundays. And then it said, like our Facebook page. And I thought, <laughs> what an absolutely useless right. uh, usage of that billboard. You know, like if you're still trying to get people to just like your Facebook page and hope that they see your organic posts on Facebook, obviously stuff like that is not going to work anymore. So right. yes, costs have increased. The platform is not as smart as it used to be because you know, if you're listening to this and you don't know all the details about what iOS 14.5 did, in a nutshell, it essentially just made it where Facebook doesn't get as many signals. It doesn't get as much data as yeah. it used to. And it used to take all that data. And in a way that we've never seen any other platform do, it could go find people that wanted to purchase your product for as cheaply as possible. It's not as good as good at doing that. It's still really good at doing it, but it's not as good as, at doing it. So right. yes, costs have increased. Um, but I mean, we still have plenty of clients that are getting really beautiful cost to acquire customers and like, you know, there's still good performance out there, but as a whole, in my yeah. opinion, like performance has certainly suffered yeah. on the platform. Yeah. So that's a great point that, you know, if you're not sure what iOS actually did, it, 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 basically blocked the ability for Facebook to get as many data points as it once could get based on privacy laws. And it changed the infamous algorithm, right? And the ability for Facebook as a whole to be as smart as it used to be, but also then to go find people that wanted to acquire or that you wanted to acquire as a new customer or as any customer for that matter. So because of that, of course, Tracking has been more challenging and cost has been increased because it's not as easy to go find those people. Therefore, it costs more to go have the platform do that. Would that be correct in saying so? Yeah, okay. I would say so. Yeah. Okay. So all um, in your opinion, we've seen costs increase. We know that tracking is problematic, right? What are some things that you've seen from a before and after tracking perspective that we, I mean, this is sort of like the crux of all things, right? Like the, the thing that everybody says, oh, the tracking is terrible, therefore give it up, right? Right. So um, just a few things. There is a few things that Facebook recommends you do. Uh, so one is CAPI conversion uh, API. Uh, one is domain verification. And one is another one called AEM, which is aggregated event manager measurement. Obviously, we're not going to get into all of them because it'll take a, a long time. So just you know, Google them if you're not too familiar of how to kind of do them. But even with that, it's it's not great. So since iOS 14, what I'm finding as a media buyer is I'm doing a lot more cross-referencing between data points, right? So what what's 
ads manager telling me versus what's Shopify telling me or ClickFunnels, et cetera. And I'm cross-referencing. Um, on top of that, there has been a lot of, you know, third-party uh, softwares and tech that has been that has come out to help kind of remedy the issues with tracking. Um, so things like, you know, Hyros or Triple Pixel are quite the common ones, but there's there's a ton more that's going to come out, and I'm sure more will come out as we kind of go out throughout the year. Um, and what they the advantages they have is they basically work through a cookie slash pixel just like Facebook, but Facebook has been blocked on their app by Apple users majority of the time. I think it's like 80% of the users has, has said no to tracking. Whereas um, if we have like a third party uh, pixel on a website, not, it, it can't block that. So that's the kind of advantage these third party kind of uh, solutions have. Um, so that's the route a lot of kind of clients will be taking. Not all clients because it is a bit, a, a bit of a pricey piece of tech. Um, and just to kind of finish off what I'm saying, going back to the price point, um, yes, the, the kind of cost on, on Facebook and Instagram advertising definitely has increased, but I feel like it's coming down now slowly from mm -hmm. the accounts. Again, this is from accounts I'm looking at personally, um, you know, whether it's cost per lead or cost per purchase, et cetera. I, I do feel like it has kind of come down and kind of plateaued a little bit. Um, I would agree. So, yeah. 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 So I think, you know, normal fluctuations in the algorithm post iOS, you know, before even many years ago, we always know there's going to be fluctuations of cost, right? And because now we're starting to even cycle through seasonality a little bit of what we saw before. And as we go into fourth quarter, we know costs are going to get more expensive. Things are going to change. It's going to be even harder for us to track, so to speak, in a, in, in a certain way. But I do think I've seen, at least in our accounts, there has been a bit of a leveling off of the peaks and valleys quite as steep as once we saw right after iOS. So even though it's more expensive, it's become consistently more expensive, I guess. Is that, is that a right way to say it? So it, it's not, you know, one week it's like super high, the next week it's super low, and then it's kind of all over. It's consistently more expensive, but it's going to continue to get more expensive now as we move into, at the time of this recording, we're headed into fourth quarter, but we should see some of that level off as we've cycled through post iOS stuff. Is that how you guys would look at it? I mean, what I would say is that Facebook has a track record. Uh, they've been around for so long. They have a track record of figuring it out. Now, I will be the first to throw rocks at Facebook because yeah. I deal with, we all deal with all the bugs and all the accounts shut down and the terrible, you know, UX and all that stuff. So, like, I'm not just singing the praises of Facebook, but they have a track record of figuring stuff out. Yeah. And they also built, like I mentioned, they built the, the smartest advertising platform ever the to ever exist. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would expect it in this new ecosystem where they're not getting as many signals as they used to. Um, yeah, I do expect them to figure it out a little bit better. And on the flip side of that, like, you know, you mentioned earlier, Don, you said, um, you know, you have to go where the people are. Facebook is constantly changing its feed to try to um, make it something that's, 
you know, accurate for what people are using. So like you hear so many people talking right now, even just since like within the last month, about a month ago, Facebook had a huge change with their feed, Facebook and Instagram, where you see a lot more content that's suggested comment or uh, content that's, you know, reels and that type of thing from people that you don't follow. And a lot of people are super upset about it. However, those people that are upset about it, most of them are also on TikTok scrolling mindlessly and only seeing content from people that they don't know. And that platform's blowing up, right? So right. I, I definitely think Facebook will figure it out. I, I do think, like we've all mentioned, like it has seemed less volatile. Um, yeah. And there has been some improvement over the last few months. It was a little bit rocky for some accounts right after that feed update. Um, but I have a lot of faith that like, like the way I look at it is that if people, all of them, like you said, if people want to bail on Facebook, go for it. Like I'm going to be here till it completely burns down. Yeah. And if that never happens, great. Like yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, if, statistically it's still the best, uh, the most used platform, right. On, on, yeah. on average sense. So, I mean, it just makes sense to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, see the platform going anywhere. I only see it, in my opinion, getting better, like you said, getting smarter, smarter. It's the biggest media platform in the world with the most users so far in the world still consistently over time, right? Like there will be others that will come. But just to back up before we, we move on to a few more things, Alam, you'd kind of talked about these things like CAPI, conversion rate API and some offline third party tools and different things that people should be doing. A lot of times, you know, the, this is, and we'll speak specifically for e-com, but these are things that, you know, aren't maybe intuitive, right. To people, or they don't understand this to a certain degree. Can you just like in layman's terms, kind of give the, what is, what is the reason why you need CAPI? and what it does, and then what some, what are some benefits of, of making sure that that is installed in your site and the domain verification piece. We'll, we'll go through each one of these just, just briefly. We don't need to go into like. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to try and explain Cappy to a layman because I don't think I've done that. Um, <laughs> what, what Cappy is, is you install the Facebook plugin on Shopify and then you link up your pixel. So what it does is it sends other data back to Facebook, which Facebook, your ads manager tries to connect purchases from Shopify to the clicks that has happened. Right. So it's just like a secondary source. Right. Being honest, is it super accurate? No. Is it better? Yes. So you should do it. Yes. Domain verification. I I mean, it's more of about um, Facebook want to make sure you own the domains you're running ads to. And if you don't verify your domains, they could throttle your ads in terms of showing them less. Your reach will be uh, lower. Your CPMs could be high. So it's in your best interest to do that. AEM, which is uh, aggregate event measurement. Again, that's to do with the kind of um, the, com uh, the, the results you're looking for. Fa uh, to kind of help remedy the process, Facebook wants you to prioritize what events you want to go for first, whether it's a purchase, a lead, a book school, et, et cetera. So you tell them you've got a choice of eight, unless you're using purchase, which takes up four, um, what you want to prioritize first. So when the, the Facebook machine is running around with the pixel to find these results, it will prioritize these first. Yeah. The, la the last thing, uh, which I'm not sure if I mentioned, was offline conversions. 
what that is is you can set up what what they call an offline conversion pixel it's in your events manager um and what you can do is re-upload your purchases from shopify or if you're doing lead gen like your lead gen from active campaign etc and then um upload it into the pixel uh, offline pixel sorry and, and when you go back to ads manager you can set up offline conversion columns and again facebook will use those emails those uh, names ip addresses etc to try and cross-reference with the clicks that they, they've had and see if any results came from them so you should get a better understanding of what your results actually are yeah perfect i think and that... there is a massive difference when you upload like when you upload yeah. those offload conversions to ads manager like essentially what you're seeing is all those people that were on apple devices that had tracking blocked i don't know if this is completely accurate so I'm, i may be stating this incorrectly but <laughs> essentially what you see is these conversions that facebook was not able to match when it initially happened all of a sudden goes oh this matches with this conversion yeah. we didn't notice it through the pixel so it's going to show up in your reporting um, so, you know, hopefully you can use that information to make better right. decisions. And, and just to add to that, one thing very important is the reason the reason why Facebook can do that is there's, there's no tracking issue on Facebook on the platform. So if you stay on the platform, there's no tracking issue. Yes. So if you run a campaign, like a video of your campaign that stays on Facebook, they can track everything. If you do a campaign that you do lead generation just on Facebook platform, they track everything. There's not an issue with that. That's 100%, like 100% accurate. So every if you do a conversion campaign where it goes off Facebook, the click is 100% accurate. They can track the click. So when you do an offline conversion, like Daniel said, and you upload your data, they can track the click using the IP or, or the email address, et cetera, to whatever you uploaded. And that's how they can work out uh, purchases that might not have been there before. And a lot of times people, okay, so the, the whole um, theory that, you know, tracking is virtually impossible, right? Like you can't track anything anymore. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we had said multiple times that we know Facebook is losing between 30 and 40, 50, 60% sometimes of purchases that has sort of come back a little bit with the offline conversions, right? With the offline tracking, we've sort of been able to bring that back a little bit and not seen maybe as extreme misses, right? But kind of talk a little bit about the points of people saying, you know, they're hearing lots of agencies say, well, we can't track anything, so we don't know if this is accurate or not. Or even people running their own ads are saying, well, I have no idea if these are even working. I can't see anything. What are some things that like we're doing? We talked about offline conversions, but what are some things or some tools that we're using to help combat that? And is that really accurate? Like, is that just an excuse that people are using to say like, oh, well, you've missed 30% of the purchases or, oh, you missed 50%. Did you I really mean, just that we're not tracking it right? Yeah. I mean, there definitely isn't like, it's definitely not super accurate, but like all I'm said, like now you just have to be able to crawl. You have to be able to look at a lot of different data points and decide, make a, your best decision on what is moving the needle and what's not. And that is not an answer that a lot of people like, especially because we're coming off of an era when we could like with pretty good confidence, look at every single ad and say, this ad got this many conversions and it beat this ad because of X, Y, Z. And now like, I just don't have that confidence if I'm only looking at the Facebook platform. So like, uh -huh. you know, you do have to look at things in a holistic way and instead of it being that you are 100% sure that this ad moved the needle, it has to be a bit of a 
like a range that you're looking at. Like I know that, you know, based off, like, let's say we're, we use a platform called triple whale, triple whale will tell us like how many new customers have come in, in a time period. So if we know on Facebook that we're targeting mostly new customers and our ads, our ads are saying that they're performing at a certain level. And then we go to triple whale and the sales from new customers is in a similar range then with each client, we have to say, okay, like where could new customers be coming from in addition to the Facebook ads? Like what if this customer has, this client has like a super big presence uh, or like a, a great organic TikTok effort, you know, like maybe yeah. they're getting a lot of, so like, yeah, we can try to track them super granularly, but I think that more needs to be, I see this a lot and I know, I know you, we've talked about this, a lot of client, a lot of uh, like business owners get too wrapped up in the attribution. Like when you hire us or an agency, like what you as the business owner should be focused on is what's the most I can spend to acquire a customer. Like let the media buyers hire somebody you trust and let them make their best decision on which ads to leave scale and which ads to cut because it's not a perfect science now, you know? And as the business owner, instead of focusing on like just acquiring, instead of just obsessing over the new customers, like obsess over retention and email and lifetime value and those things, because like, there's not a perfect solution. Um, Is it a cop out a lot of times? Like, Oh, Facebook says there's 50, Facebook's missing 50% of conversions. Like, yeah, like sometimes it is sometimes, you know, if Facebook says that there's been 50,000 in revenue and there's only been 20,000 in actual revenue, you can't really claim that you made somebody fifty thousand dollars, right? Um, right. So it, I, my, I guess my best answer is it's complicated. You have to be able to look <laughs> at the data in a it's nuanced way. <laughs> yeah, like you have to be able to look at it in a nuanced way and make the best decision that you can. And it's not perfect, but I said this on the last po- podcast. It's not perfect, but if you asked a business owner from thirty years ago, would you choose this or would you choose billboards and radio? and you know direct mail and tv ads like you would choose this yeah yeah it's not perfect yeah i think i i think i'll jump in here but i i think this has become more and more obvious to me as you know we're agencies agency's been around now for eight and a half years and we've seen a lot of things happen in in eight and a half years but i think more than ever what I have seen is that this is where you really actually do need someone who is an expert in this area to help you interpret this data. The days of like Googling and doing a little bit of, you know, I, I can find out on YouTube or taking a little bit of a class or something. It's it's far more complex than what it ever has been in the past as far as CAPI and domain verification and aggregated events and understanding and interpreting data and knowing where you're getting those that data from and how you synthesize it, put it all together, make better business decisions. I mean, if you're just kind of doing this on the side or you're, you know, somebody who's not really experienced, this could be a huge financial suck for you. And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of people say, oh, this isn't working anymore because they're not really understanding all of the elements that need to go into it now versus before you put in a dollar, you got $2 out. You could see right from point A to point B where it was coming from and it was much easier. Now it's about 
synthesizing data and making data, you know, from lots of different data points, make the business decisions. Would you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. I think uh, so. Th- there's a lot of churn and burn with media buys because, like you said, five ten years ago, you could put in a dollar and, and two would come out. But it's just it doesn't make sense anymore because the platform just doesn't work like that. So a media buyer needs to be a, a marketer. They need to understand convergence. They need to understand more things like creative strategies and stuff like that. So yeah, like when you hire an agency that understand things like you know creative strategy and and actual marketing and conversion rates and you know things like cogs like you know like like we do, but also going beyond that and and just kind of how do we interpret the data properly. Um, it just goes a long, a long way, and especially if you're a business owner, you've got 101 things to do already. You don't want to add this to your plate because you're not adding one thing to your plate. You're adding another 101 things on top of that, right? Right. And yeah, so this this is why it makes sense to hire someone to understand what they're doing. And and where we have like we have our methodology, we've got proven results, etc. So it just makes sense. A lot of uh, media buyers do fail because they have not understood marketing. Uh, properly if that if that makes sense so yeah to, to answer your, your question in short 100% agree with what you said yeah I think I, I think it's been more important than ever to have a holistic understanding of how marketing works in totality as a cyclical process more so now than ever versus I used to be a really good Facebook ads media buyer buyer. Now you need to be a really good Facebook ads media buyer and a really good marketer. <laughs> you need to understand how marketing works at all levels, retaining customers, understanding email marketing, understanding how different conversion or different um, copy and creative and and all of the different elements that we have at our disposal to make those ads work even better, but also retaining customers because it's not just a one and done like it used to be. And I think that now more than ever, those of us that have been around the block a couple of times have the ability to see that a little more clearly than some business owners who maybe have been running ads themselves or people who are just kind of getting into this for the first time. It's a lot more complex than it ever used to be. And it does require, I think, a skill set um, that that maybe we didn't expect that we were going to need to have at, at this point, given the f- platform was you know, supposed to be all encompassing and take care of everything and supposed to be this thing that, you know, could just give you the money when you put it in sort of stuff. So, so we talked about triple whale and we talked about some other platforms and other tools that are out there. Of course, there's lots of other things that you can use, but let's just, before we start to kind of wrap things up, let's talk about the longevity of Facebook as a platform, kind of what, what are your thoughts? You know, we talked about, yes, let's still stay on it. But what about the sort of mindset now of everybody's jumping to TikTok? Do you have, you know, a philosophy? I know we do collectively at the agency, but do you have sort of your own opinion about, do you jump off one platform to go to the other? What is the thing with TikTok right now? Why is everybody going to TikTok? And how can we think about that as a marketing strategy in the post iOS space? Yeah, I mean, at a high level, in, in the ideal world, you would be on every single platform just to see what who performs the best for you, right? Like, because some, some companies, I'm sure, work best on YouTube ads versus TikTok ads versus Facebook ads. So in an ideal world, yes, you'd want to be everywhere. I think with TikTok, obviously, there's been an explosion in on organic uh, usage. Um, 
and there isn't there just isn't as many advertisers on TikTok as there is has been on Facebook, and because of that, I feel like there there is lower CPMs, etc. So while that's still like that, yeah, I, I think it's ideal for you to try it. Uh, but I don't, I don't think you should leave Facebook. Please, Facebook is still the number one platform. Yeah. Daniel, you, you have thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm going to mention Gary Vee, like love him or hate him. His big thing is always just like finding where where the opportunity is and going hard there. You know, yeah. like the cycle of every social media platform is that like mm-hmm. it, it, it is created as soon as people start flocking to it the company wants to get more people on the platform and, and it wants those people to enjoy being on the platform. So they make it easier for good content to get tons of exposure. And it's the cycle with every, you know, social media platform. So it is beneficial in the early stages of a platform that's getting traction. I mean, we've seen it with Facebook, we've seen it with Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Snapchat, right? Snapchat has peaked and come down now. Uh-huh. Now, TikTok, like, um, so, you know, yes, like, you should be on all of them, but there's only so many hours in the day. So, right. you know, what you should do is have something that is really solid and consistent, in our opinion, Facebook, and then even more so, you know, focusing on email and text and stuff to to take care of the customers you already have. But then, like, where are you going to get the most bang for your buck? Like if you have 10 hours a week to spend on creating content, should you create, um, you know, Facebook lives or should you create um, TikToks? Like mm-hmm. Depending on your brand, there's a really good opportunity for you to be doing it on TikTok. Yeah. So um, I, my answer, I guess, again, is it's complicated. But <laughs> <laughs> don't bet. I don't get shiny object syndrome. Like, don't be on yeah. Facebook. Be like, oh, my costs have increased twenty percent compared to last year. I'm going to bail completely and try TikTok. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, on the end of all those advertisements, is just normal people. So, if you can still with Facebook, like, if you can just with any advertising, if you can just show people why your product solves a problem of theirs or provides a big benefit to them or, or makes their life easier and give the platform that, that information, like at the end of the day, that's all it is. So if you are having trouble on Facebook and you think TikTok is going to solve all your problems, that's not going to happen. But should you go over there and create TikToks and try to get tons of free traffic and then maybe advertise after that? That's one thing we've told clients to do lately is if you want to go to TikTok, go over there and post organically like yep. five times a week for X amount of days, learn how to create content on TikTok. Because if you go over to TikTok and you just use an ad, like what you use on Facebook, most of the times it's not going to work. So right. mm-hmm. it's not going to solve your problems to go over there unless you understand like how people are digesting TikTok and the trends over there and you know, right. how, how to TikTok as the younger say. i think i think the 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 benefit is that tiktok is going to give you some nice boost in organic traffic it it, it's going to give you what maybe facebook used to 
give us back in 2015, 16, right? Like there, there's going to be some value for businesses specifically to get organic traffic. But it is, in my opinion, not at least in today's world, not the platform of stability, right? We've seen a lot of things happen over there too that have been really unstable. And I think from a consistency standpoint, yes, you need to be sort of omni-channel. You need to have multiple different points. Don't put all your eggs in the Facebook basket. I've always always said that post iOS or before. It's not, you, you shouldn't have all your eggs in one basket. So, but don't jump the platform just because this is the new shiny penny thing, because I do feel from a consistency standpoint and from a longer term standpoint, I'm not sure I can see um, TikTok being the new Facebook 10 years from now, at least not yet. Now I could be wrong, but you should go try it. You should go over there. You should play around. You should have some fun, but still keep your 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 consistent strategy happening over on Facebook and then get better behind the scenes email marketing strategies, SMS strategies, retention strategies, loyalty programs, all the things that we talk about. So, okay. So as we start to wrap up, uh, predict the future for me, both of you. And what do you see as sort of the, the up and coming trend happening um, or predict the future of what you think is going to be challenges or opportunities for paid media on any platform, not just on Facebook. I mean, just tell me what you think are some of the, the things that, you know, are going to be up and coming. Okay, so this isn't more of a prediction as it is a want, but I feel like Zuckerberg and his team are smart enough to get away around the pixel. There's a ton, you know, there's a ton of companies who've understood that maybe a secondary cookie could resolve a lot of these troubleshooting, these issues of tracking. Why can't they do that? Right. So I'm not sure about the legal ramifications here, obviously, but that that is something that I would I would I would love for them to do, and I'll just make things a lot more uh, you know simplistic when it comes to tracking. Um, Daniel, Daniel. Yeah, um, what I'm I mean what I'm say gonna say is not like a unique bold opinion, but it's something a lot of marketers don't like to hear. Like I really do think that we're gonna lose most of our ability, most of our flexibility as advertisers in Facebook and really any other platform. Like, and what I mean by that is like slowly because because marketers were so good at using the Facebook platform, testing different audiences, testing different creative variations, doing so many things manually, every change that Facebook has made over the last few years has, or few years, year or two, has taken some freedoms away from our ability as advertisers to like target certain audiences. So what I think is happened, going to happen in like maybe two years is the, the, the amount of things we're going to be able to do to select in ads manager, like these audiences exclude these people, all that stuff, all that stuff that's a lot of is related to the pixel. Like I think is going to go away. Mm-hmm. Like I think we're really just going to be trying to come up with the best ads as possible and giving them to the plat, giving it to the platform and Facebook's going to go find, you know, the best people. It's going to be billboard days again. Like all, the, <laughs> like all right. those, all, yeah, like all the media buying hacks that you see around, like there will always be some of those, but like there are so many, 
and essentially what I'm saying is in ads manager, there are going to be way fewer buttons. Like yeah. we got so many buttons we can play with. Yeah. We have, we have fewer buttons than we could in the past. You know, yeah. like now every time you build an ad, Facebook has taken that ad and it's like, can I do this? Can I do this? Can I put how many likes your page has on the ad? Can I show the prices? Can I do this? Like Facebook's trying to put so many variations on your creative already. And we're resistant to that, of course, because we want to control everything. But all of them, like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, sometimes those optimizations that Facebook makes that we think look awful end up working pretty well. So I just think there are going to be fewer buttons to push as a media buyer. And it's going to continue to just separate between people that are trying to be successful with media buying hacks and people that are trying to be successful because they have a good product and they know how to communicate why it's a good product to their customers. Yeah, I, I, I think the days of, of the hacking is going to be diminished completely. I do think it is going to turn into more about your product and your creative and your copy, which it always should have been, right? It yeah, always yeah. should be about that to begin with. But we have been able to manipulate the platform a little bit. And I think uh, a lot of times we try to outsmart the smartest tool out there. And yeah. <laughs> you just can't do that, right? Like, yeah. We're not smarter than gajillions of data points. It just, it, it, we just aren't. And so sometimes giving up that control to your point, it, it sort of sometimes can work to our favor. So I think mm -hmm. as we move into uh, this fourth quarter and into the new year, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this holiday season uh, shakes itself out. I'm going to be really interested to see after we cycle through a, a full iOS year, uh, what happens and if anything starts to, you know, become trends and, and we can see some of that stuff happening again. But for the most part, I think in summary, what, what we've all said is, you know, your product has to be really, really good. You have to be able to communicate why it's good for your customers. You have to be able to show it and tell it. And just fundamentally being a good marketer is at the core of all media buying. And it really should have always been that way. And it still continues to need to be that way as we move into the future is your product has to be really good to be able to sell on any platform, regardless of how great a media buyer you are. You got to have a good product. So and just to add in one point, uh, Dawn, is you have to have a good customer journey as well. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and the experience has to be great and you've got to have all the things. And, you know, I've done tons of podcasts about how to, you know, build up your customer journey and how to talk about that and what to do and all those things. So I encourage you to go listen to those if you're questioning or wondering what are some of those tips and tricks, but this has been really helpful. I want to have us come back. I think this should be like every six months we should have yeah. like what's happening now sort of thing because it really yeah, is cool. changing, really is changing. And I think so many people are not, you know, as immersed as we are. We are in it, living it, breathing it, seeing it day in, day out, sharing it with our clients, sharing it with our audiences. And I encourage you to come back and listen to what we have to say in another six months. But thank you guys so much for joining me today and giving your opinions and thoughts. It's always insightful and I love hearing from you both. So. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.